Oh, bloody everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, oh, a bunch of bloody snowflakes. Absolutely yeah, everywhere. Yeah, bloody, oh. See them all over the place now, don't you? Oh, yeah, no, you can't yeah. walk two feet without seeing bloody snowflakes two, everywhere. Two flakes, two feet. Oh, I wish oh. I could walk two feet without seeing them bloody snowflakes every bloody way. Yeah. yeah, slipped over last week. I know. Hurt me it. Yeah, they're dangerous, aren't they? Yeah, they they oh oh they oh they look pretty, and then oh, there they yeah. are all gathered on the ground, and then someone steps on them, and then someone else steps yeah, on them, and danger, before you know it, dangerous snowflakes. Yeah, bloody dangerous. They're a dangerous society. Those bloody <laughs> they snowflakes, are. bloody snowflakes. Salt. That's what we need. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. That show where two queer trans women are still getting used to, to being married. Our combined surnames. Marriage. You're marriaged. Because, um, you know, this is the only time in the week we really say our new, our new surname out loud. And every time it's like, oh no, how, mouth, haven't practiced this enough. How do I do this? Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, how are you doing? Nondescript noises. I mean, nondescript noises are a very relatable mood. Shall we start this week as we usually tell do? Us, tell us, tell us what you've played. The things we've played. Well, I finished playing Inscription Ooh. this week. Um, Inscription is a fascinating little horror game. Um, yeah. I don't want to say with it at the end. I don't want to say too much about the specifics of it because, like, a lot of what's there is the surprise and the intrigue and the unexpected. But at the core. It is a game that does some very interesting, unexpected things with a very simple deck-building card game structure and some interesting horror narrative and some... It's made by Daniel Mullins, who made Pony Island and the Hex. You can sort of imagine where some of that might... what sort of things that might entail. Um, I think that it does a very good job of reinventing its core mechanics throughout in ways that are interesting and feel like there is progression and development happening, and that give you room to get used to mechanics before new things are introduced to them. The ending, I was left with a lot of questions, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in this case, because it very much felt like it gave the tools to go back and look for the answers for the things that were given. Um, its entire final act, I think, I think is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, there was a moment in the final act that felt 1000% made exactly for me and no one else. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited. I hadn't been like filming myself playing the game, but I had to hit record on my streaming software. I was like, I need footage of this, this is amazing. <laughs> Um, okay. It's a real neat game, and I would recommend if you like horror experiences, particularly sort of psychological horror and sort of roguelike deck building card game mechanics. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to buy you a copy oh, of this because you you need to play this. Okay. It is a th it's a it's been a while since <laughs> I've played a thing and gone. This would be. <laughs> Jane must. This would be a Jane game. Must this is going to be the intersection of a few things you enjoy, and I think you're going to really dig it. Heck. 
Yeah. I do it appreciate. Uh, what about you? What have you played this week? Oh, I played through Unpacking. <gasps> or oh, Unpacking yeah. a Life Game. So did I. Tell me about your feelings about Unpacking. Uh, it was beautiful. I had a bit of a cry towards the end. It's, um, it's... Uh, it's quite satisfying in a way, yeah. especially like the levels where you have full control. Yes. So like the first level is you're moving into your big room for yeah. the first time as a child. You have a single room and you have a small box of things to unpack. Yeah. And it's mostly stuffies and toys yeah. and and. That's about it. Things that don't have too much functional use and you don't need to worry too much about where they are. Some soccer trophies. Yeah, yeah. And then you grow, you grow up a bit. And next mm. thing you know, you're like, oh, it's I'm, I'm moving to uni. Mm. And here I am in uni and it's, you know, got, just got a little room here. And yeah. Not much going on. It, maybe, but I think that might have had a bathroom as well. I think there was like a little shower, like a small shower space, yeah. but not much. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, yeah. just, you can see some of the things that are still traveling with me, mm. like the the pig stuffy is is coming yeah. with me, and and got a Rubik's cube. That's good. Mm -hmm. If you keep right clicking on it, you can solve it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's there's various things that you can yeah. mess around it with a bit, and and just slowly get out of boxes, and then. As you move through life, it's like, ah, now I have some shared housing. Yes. I can't move most of the things. I, like, I can rearrange my own room. Yes. But, like, there's communal spaces and I can only put, like, bits of stuff here and there. And hmm. it... what do I share with everyone else? What is very much just for me? Yeah. And then moving in with a partner who's like, no, all of my stuff lives here. You, 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 your stuff is yeah. secondary it's... and unimportant. Yeah. I, I... This game is a bit longer, but it reminded me in some ways of what I really enjoyed about playing th through Florence, which is one of my favourite little short narrative games on mobile, um, which is a game about like the sort of rise and fall of a relationship between mm -hmm. two people. And I think what this captures really well, and that captures really well, is that in, idea like, two of... two levels. Yeah. I, I, think, I think what it captures really well is... Capturing small moments that feel very significant mm -hmm. and conveying them through very simple mechanics. Um, in this case, just his pixel art rooms, pick the thing up, put it in a place. Mm -hmm. And with very little words, charting like a very, what feels like a very meaningful story told through like, yeah, a house moves are a very meaningful thing. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the way it uses what you can and can't change in certain house settings to tell a story is really impactful, yeah. I think. And I, and I think for most people, moving house is probably something you only do a few times in life yeah. or, or, you know, a small number of times. Like, I've done it 16, 17 times, yeah. I feel like, at this point. I haven't... I, I'm not yeah. going to sit and count. But, yeah, like, a lot of times I've moved house. Um, so for me, it's like, there's, I've got to an age where I just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. If I can yeah. not move, that's great. Oh gosh, agreed. And I think that like, as someone who has moved a reasonable number of times, not as many times as you I suspect, but a reasonable number of times, there is definitely some relatable things in here mm. of some of the moves that happen in this game to new places that you go... Oh, I've I've been in this situation and it was not a fun move. Like uh, it evokes a lot with very little. 
yeah, like I think, uh, especially the the moving in with I I think it's a boyfriend. Uh, that was is my the impression read. that a lot of people get. Uh, like chat seemed to agree with me on that. It's it's the like, energy of what's the, happening. The guitar on the wall, uh, but like there's no space to put your ukulele. Mm. You've got a kitchen full of your own stuff because you have lived in shed housing before. But yeah. you're moving in with somebody who has like a matched kitchen and all of their cutlery matches and all of their like yeah. crockery matches, all of their cups match. It's, it's and it feels yeah. like you're just sort of like you feel like in the way. Like yeah. I think if this had been me, I feel like I just wouldn't have unpacked any of the kitchen stuff. That yeah. would have lived in a box like under the stairs or something. Yeah, it. The game's really good, and I don't want to talk too much about what happens in the latter portions of it because, like, yes. I really like where it goes. But, like, yeah, it's it's a it's a real sweet little game, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and despite not wanting to talk about the latter portion, like, I think it tells that story really well without yeah. any real words. Yes. The, the closest you get to words in this is. Um, at the end of each level, it will sort of take a snapshot of the last room yeah. you were in, at the sort of roughly the angle you were at, yeah. and then it will caption it something yes. like, uh, like the first one is like my first big room. Yeah, and then you get uh, the year of the next move you're doing, yes. so you can get a sense of like how much time has passed and when you're done with it, what this place was to oh. the person and how they viewed it and. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real good one, it's, Matt. It, it tells a really good story. It's got quite a satisfying thing. There was a couple of times when I, I was being told I couldn't put things in certain rooms. I was mm. like, but I want to mash up and, and vary things a little yes. bit. Yes, no. the, the frustration that you feel, I think, is deliberate and yeah. it but like, serves like, a purpose. Even when it's um, like when when living on their own. Yeah, yeah. Like there's. Like, hey, why don't I just put like an ornament in the bathroom? What's wrong with having like a, an ornament in the yeah, bathroom? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. And it's like, no, you can't do that. This is forbidden from that room or that <laughs> that place. I mean, you can you can hand wave a little of that away as you are playing as a specific character in their story and them being like, oh no no, I'm not the sort of person who'd put that in the bathroom. No, they would never put their degree up in the bathroom. <laughs> 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 Uh, but yeah, it tells a really street story in a really nice way, yeah. and I had a lot of fun playing it. And who knows, I might go back to it at some point. It's a neat little game. Mm-hmm. What about you? I played some Dwarf Romantic. Ah, um, I find- a sweet little game. Yeah, I finally got around to playing that. I've been saving it for a day where I was like, I, I want to stream, but I don't feel up to anything brain intensive. Dwarf Romantic, this is great. Wait, have you not played it at all yet? Um, I have played like little tiny bits and gone, oh, this is going to be perfect for a I need no brain stream. And I deliberately saved it for then. Oh. I had to properly do. So it's a game. You've got little hexagonal tiles, I think they are. Um, yes. You put them together and in the regular gameplay mode, occasionally they will have um, objectives connected to them like have exactly five fields touching this hex or something like that, and completing those will give you more hexagonal tiles in your stack. You keep going until you run out. Um, one thing I really like about the regular mode of that is that if you run out of tiles, first of all, it doesn't say, like, game over, you failed. It's like, oh, you've, you've completed this session. Here is your score. Yeah. Um, the first thing it offers is... Would you like to just have this map you've been making and just take it over to creative mode where you have full like yeah. tiles to throw down? It's a new feature, but I'm very happy with it's it. It's so nice. Um, 
But yes, I played exactly enough of the normal mode to unlock trains, <laughs> and then I went in creative mode and I made a really nice little uh, thing with no rules, and uh, there's all sliders, so you can sort of be like, I want this kind of tile, or I want a combination of these on tiles right now, mm -hmm. and I made a really big train network with a bunch of trains on it, and then at each of the, the different sort of points on it, I built little communities around it, like there's one that went out to a little lake district, and one that went up to like a big... Like a very big um, housing settlement, but like one side of it was like the windmills and the other side was more the trees. And that's like, ah, oh, that's where they, they get in the wood and that's where they're going for the, the wheat over there. And then you can build little narratives into the yeah, world you're building. I was very much just sat making little stories about this little world I was making and making my little, making all the trains go around. And the music's very chill as well. The music's very chill. The not creative mode is still very light on rules and very light on punishment and very light on actual things you have to do. Yeah. And then creative mode is, I don't know, I'll make a pretty thing. Like, okay. there is a scoring system in it. Like, the more yeah. tiles you can match, um, like, so, like, there's a house facing yeah. that side, there's some fields facing that side. Okay, can I find a tile with house and fields in that orientation? Okay, yeah. put it against there, I'll get 20 points. Yeah, you get points for making things of the same type sort yeah. of Ten touch points onto per, each other. Per side matching. Yep. Plus you I get... think you get bonus for perfects. Yep, and you get points for um, things like doing your objectives and whatnot. And yeah, the objectives stuff. are what get you more tiles. So it's yeah. like, have a forest of at least this size or have an enclosed forest. So you've not only got yeah. to hit the target of how many uh, forests it wants or how many yeah. trees it wants in a particular forest, but you've then got to close that off so nothing else can go in there. Yeah, it's really nice. If you're looking for a chill game to just make pretty little villages by putting tiles down, Dwarf Romantic's very good and I recommend it It is lot. super charming. Yeah, what about you? What have you played? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, we played some board games. We did play some board games. Uh, we played a game called uh, What Next? <gasps> yes. Uh, this is a sort of dexterity-based choose-your-own-adventure. Uh, dexterity, pattern recognition, uh, choose-your-own-adventure. Touch-feel-based. Touch uh, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... You've got, like, little decks of cards, and each one will be like, here is your situation right now, here are two options, what would you like to do? And there's a little bit of pressure added by the fact that there's a time of day yes. uh, thing going around, so every Sometimes few turns... Sometimes have to do stuff at night. Yes, and night time is generally when bad stuff will happen. Um, but yeah, you, you go on a little adventure deciding what to do, collecting items as you go doing little tasks that will be things like stick your hand in this bag and without looking find the right uh, shape of tile within a time limit or oh something bad happens you got to add a, a piece to this stack and if it falls over that's bad and yep. while also still using the table yes uh... um, so there might be things like yeah you have to shuffle this puck a certain way up, a distance up of this thing. Yeah. Or in one case, we had one where you had to shuffle the pup straight across the table. We have a big table. That was difficult. We have a big table, and some of those tiles, uh, those those pieces are quite sticky. Yes. Well, not, well, not like sticky sticky, but like... Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they, they're... They, they have a little bit of texture to them. Yeah, a little bit rubberized, maybe. Yeah. 
which I like that the, the the things that are like something bad happened, you've got to start building this tower of items, and if it falls over, bad thing happened. I'm glad those are slightly rubberized. It's an odd texture, but yes. it, it's clearly there to give you a fighting chance in the thing staying up. Also, I loved how little plastic was in this game. Yes, lots of things wrapped in paper or cardboard instead of being wrapped in plastic. Yeah, so all, all of the stuff that should w was in bags at the beginning uh, was in paper bags yep. with, like, tape down. Little envelopes, sort um, of. Yeah, sort of. Um, no, like, little sweetie bags almost, like, slightly Oh, yeah, waxed. that's... Okay, yeah, that's a good way to describe um, it. And then you had, like, the the main box itself was just held shut with a... Uh, uh, like, it's it's magnetic, but originally yeah. it was held in, in place with, a like, a little sticker. Yeah. Um. And there's three different stories in there, and yes. even like the stories that we, the story that we saw, we didn't see all of the cards. Yeah. We we played one story, and we saw a a, a smallish amount of the deck, and we 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 had a fun adventure. Yeah. Um. I was worried that it, the dexterity elements would be too difficult, but at least on the, the especially starting, for us. Yeah. Particularly for us and our lack of coordination, but mm -hmm. that, at least that beginner mission we did okay. Yeah, I think so. We, it seemed to have the balance of we're gonna fail a few things, but not so many that it's a huge problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. I'm it's curious to see what else charming. is in there. And there's a video in introduction yeah. to each chapter. The plot of that first mission was like very charmingly. The handled. drums of the koala. I had a good giggle at some points in there. And this is made by uh, Big Potato Games, who made Don't Get Caught. Yeah. It's... And I can see that whole, like, <laughs> it's a party game, and it's a bit silly, and we're having some fun. It, it has that same sort of energy. Mm -hmm. uh, what yeah. about you? What else have you played? Uh, well, should we continue with the board games for a little sure. bit? Sure. Uh, we played Streets. And we did. Yeah, it's a sort of simple city builder, where you make streets by laying down tiles and at any one time you have three tiles in your hand to pick from and each tile has a little objective on it and those will add up with other things on the street so it might be put uh you get points for putting this on a street with lots of uh pink buildings or for having um owning the most buildings on a street or something and mm -hmm. you can close the street off at any time by like having a turn at the end of it and uh then you sort of score up your points on the things you own on that street. Yep. Um, but the mechanic that I think is really interesting is the people. Yes. The little meeples. So each of your buildings you put down get a couple of meeples of whatever colours the building buildings are. Except for wild um, ones. Yeah, except for wild ones. Um, but like generally they'll be like, hey, put some people on this, and they'll be worth points for the people on your buildings. But when you close a street, when you sort of close it off at both ends... All of those people, once they've point scored, want to go somewhere else. And they will go and find somewhere that is the right colour for them to move to that hasn't been closed off yet. And mm -hmm. the person who closes off the street gets to pick where they go. Which means that there is a real challenge to trying to get things on the board in advance that will be there so that you can go like, okay, I want to grab all of those people that have been sat around for a couple of turns, mm -hmm. close that street, now they're all coming over to my thing. 
so that you can sort of poach points for future rounds and yeah. sort of divert where resources go. Um, we we only played a two-player game. I can see this getting quite chaotic in, in oh, player we, player accounts. I can see it getting cutthroat in bigger player accounts. Yeah, because it goes up to five players. Yeah. And like just the, the idea that that would just get more chaotic and more mm. vicious... Because I I can imagine it doing so. Like just yeah. go, um we very much ended up in a case of I'm building my street, you're building your street over there, and who knows? I might throw and building into your street if I think it will benefit me. I mean, I saw some opportunities where in hindsight I really should have shut your streets off, for example. Yeah. Like... I would have I would have appreciated that because I didn't quite have enough um yeah like, uh deeds i should have to, done so uh, myself i was struggling to finish the street i wanted to i needed more stuff i think this is the problem we sort of spread out quite far as like yes. i'm building my street you stay over there and build your street yes there needs to be i, I really enjoyed it in two player i'm very curious about larger player accounts yes um, definitely it's a very simple teach yep um it's it's fun it's very rule simple but like you've got to be thinking multiple turns ahead of yourself mm-hmm. I like this game a lot. And it's from the people that bought you villagers, if if that means anything <gasps> to anyone in chat. That's good. Anyone yeah. in chat? Yes. Listeners. Uh, what, about, people. what about you? Oh, uh, we played a whole bunch of Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Oh yeah, we did. So oh. we finally got to play it in three-player with, with the person that we had sort of bought it to play with. Yes, and they seemed to get really into it, which is They were good. very excited. They finally named their, their Red Guard <laughs> character. Yeah. Uh, they're playing Red Guard, you're playing the uh, Demolitionist, I'm yes. playing the Void Warden. Um, we've, we're four missions deep, and yes. the next one I think is like the boss at the end of the tutorial and we've basically i think got all the most of the core mechanics now it feels like as far as i can tell that is all of the mechanics now we've got to learn how to fight the boss and that's it we've gotten rid of the training wheels deck and we're on the like the proper deck now and we're starting to gain resources as we go i think we get two extra cards each at the end of this yeah uh, which will mean that like we've now definitely all got more than yes you have to stop picking how you're going to build your deck but i really enjoyed this oh yes uh now that i have like my character's starting set of proper abilities and i understand what my character's built for Mm -hmm. um they they can deal some real big damage with the right setup but they need like they need a bit of time to hang back and then go right ready ready Big damage. Mm-hmm. Like I've got abilities for like winding up, so my next couple of attacks uh, will do extra damage. I've got an item that will give me advantage. Um, I've got a thing that will do massive damage if an enemy's near a wall, mm-hmm. and a thing that will let me close the distance quick, so I can sort of sprint over and big, 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 big damage against the wall. Mm. Um, which has been very fun. Yeah, that that was a good one, and and we we kept sort of making up little stories about yeah. how you were brutalizing the enemy. <laughs> um, and I like how my character works with getting buffs for destroying bits of scenery. So even mm-hmm. if it's not tactically advantageous to destroy a piece of scenery, I'm leaving bits of scenery nearby around the arena so I can go. If an enemy comes near there, I'll destroy the thing, get my boost, do the attack. Yeah. Um, yeah, how are, you, how are you getting on with, with your character? Um, taking a little bit more time to get used to, because uh, I have more cards than anyone yeah, else. Yeah, you've you've got more options than I mean, any you time. you had, what, nine cards? Yes. Our, our friend had ten, I you've had eleven. You've got eleven, yeah. And, like, 
I was like, there's a lot of cards and a lot of decisions to make. And the difference between like uh, the second and the third chapter and then the third and the fourth chapter. Yes. Were, like, especially the third to the fourth were huge. The fourth chapter was very big, very multi-objective, very... Un- like, we've taken the training wheels off and given you new tools and suddenly you've got a very big thing to do. Yeah, we went from... we. I think we played through the first three missions in, like, a couple of hours. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, let's keep going, let's keep going. And we're like, yeah, we, we sorted all the stuff, we did all the intermediate stuff, we did, uh, like, yeah. the choose-your-own-adventure aspect of the city. Yes. Uh, where you have, like, a whole deck of cards, mm. you shuffle them once when you first start playing the game, and periodically you will pull yeah. one out, sort of, between missions, you'll pull one out, and read the back of the card, mm. and make a decision <laughs> on it, and... If it's if you if you make a decision in one way, you might get a bonus of some sort. I what I'll say is I don't think it helped that we were getting used to a variety of new mechanics, and also we did one of them slightly wrong, and were probably less powerful as, than we should have been as a result. Um, but also, I don't know if it would have made that much difference, but maybe I, that's just my character. I don't know, that I had a lot of like big buffs that could have helped with you know those enemies the big enemies that were taking us a long time to chip away? Yes. I could have been dealing with them much faster if I'd oh, realised. Because okay. all of my like one of my element types of ability, no one else was setting up and I didn't realise I could set up for myself. Was that your leaves? Yeah, which yeah. meant that like I wasn't using any leaf abilities and some of those could have really done some damage. Yeah, I really couldn't use most of the um, darkness stuff. Yeah. Um, but like we've we've learned how yeah. to do it. We've corrected that thing yeah. before we got too deep into it. Indeed. And I might do a, go- a Google at some point to be like, what's the average length? Like, do these even out in length at all? Was this an outlier? Like, I'm curious about rough play times for some of these. Yes. Might be that, useful I feel to know. like that was, what, two and a half, three hours? Yes. And I'm very curious if this was an outlier or if this is the standard we should expect going forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. I love it. I had a very fun time and I'm very excited to play more of it. Yeah. We have a big adventure to play we with our friends. We have a big adventure. Yeah. I'm glad we're enjoying it because I've ordered Frosthaven, so... <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have an even bigger adventure. We all have so many adventures to do. But yeah, I'm really uh. enjoying the story as well, among, amongst other things. Like we've we've got this whole plot about yeah. we just wanted to get home, and then we were waylaid, and then that led to a thing, and that led to another yeah. thing, and... and we're adding the little stickers to the map to sort of build our journey yeah. we've been on, and and like the the way the story led into the the maps itself. Like there was a a mission set on a boat, I think. Yes, and. It started with, there's two people standing outside a door, and literally the mission, the map was, here is a sort of alleyway thing, there's these two guys standing outside a door, once you open the door you'll know what's on the other side, (laughs) but good luck! Yeah, it's real fun. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what what happens uh, furthermore going going forward with that. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Have you played anything else? Ah, uh, we played some scythe with that friend. We did. We played some scythe. We had to, we had a good game of scythe. We we, we taught some mechanics. Yep. Um, because we're going to play. Basically, we are planning a big game of Battlestar and scythe next. Yeah, weekend. we're doing some big six-player board games. One less person to teach scythe amongst exactly. the group might be quite nice, especially having. Someone who's only just learned it. Yeah. Who will, I'm probably going to sit them together and be like, hey, learn the 
Learn the thing yeah. together now. Uh, we've talked about Scythe before, big uh, diesel punk post World War One Europe war game with Max. Um, with with Max, the <laughs> this game ended the way that so many games of Scythe do, where I was, in hindsight, probably in a winning position, and rather than take the final objective, which I could have done, going, I'll take one more turn to like spread my units out to really secure the win, and then Jane was like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go around. I'm gonna fight those, and I'm gonna fight those, and now those have all gone back, and I have those resources, and I've done my final objective. I'm like, oh no, oh, oh. everything fell apart so fast. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, um, I had been doing the whole. I'm not gonna fight. I don't. Yeah, I've no interest in combat. I find combat one of the least interesting things inside. Yeah. Just like you know, I'm happy building my engine. I'm happy doing my things. And twice during the game, I got like. For no good reason other than people were being greedy. Just like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna like fuck over one of one of, of Jane's villagers or like steal snipe something from right under her nose that she's clearly spent the last two turns going for. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, fine. Look, I'm was, gonna have some revenge on look, both of you. It was also the thing my character was specifically built to be good at getting and You once... didn't have to get all of them. Every one of them I get is good for my character. You didn't have to get all <laughs> I know, of them. I, I didn't you get could have all shared. of them. No, because I got like three of them. Yes. So I didn't get all and of them. And a friend got two of them. <laughs> See, that's like five I didn't get. See? Out of 13. Yes, my character is... The, the, the whole thing that they benefit from is getting them. So I got lots of them. Um... Uh, but it, yeah, it was very fun as as Scythe tends to be. Yeah, um, a great time. Yes, I made the mistake, and I will remember this for future, of assuming that I assumed in a draw, as in many games, victory would go to the defender because I did read it out of the manual before we started that no, combat. Uh, yeah, you know, I I knew when that combat happened, but like I maybe wouldn't have I I might have ended the game sooner rather than give you the opportunity for combat. Uh, okay. This is what I'm saying is I assumed if you tried to fight me, I had the highest level combat card uh in my hand and enough to spend a full set of points and I was like, "Okay, it's fine. If Jane tries to attack me, I can afford to win." the combat as the defender, not realising, oh no, Scythe, Scythe rec um, rewards aggression, the aggressor wins in a tie. I'm like, oh no. Also, I, my my ability was to steal a combat card before. Yeah, um, I also hadn't noticed that that so was... So I could potentially have stolen the one card that yeah, would have done I should have way. paid more attention to what your ability was as well, and double-checked what the rule was there. Mm -hmm. we, we, we do combat so rarely in two-player yeah, sides. because that... we don't enjoy the combat inside. But I mean, next look, weekend we're going to have yeah. to do a lot of combat, look, it's, probably. It's a good combat system, but I just don't want pick fights with people. It feels no. mean. Why would you want to do yeah. that? That's uh, yeah. yeah. Did you play anything else this week? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did play something else. I uh, played some Breath Edge. Tell me about Breath Edge. Uh, it's on uh, Xbox Game Pass. That's why I'm playing it. <laughs> and also it looked like... Um, it looked sort of like Minecraft in space. Yeah. But not in a... Um... Oh, th yeah, this one... 
I'm trying to work out like what the other game was. Uh, was it, uh, it? This is the one you would space be with... Ast- space engineers. Or? Um, it was a little bit um subnautica in space. You were saying subnautica in space. Like I was trying to think of what the the one that is basically Minecraft in space. Yes. I think it's like uh, space. Uh, Terraria. No, 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 no. It's literally three D. Oh, well, um, in that case, I don't know. Like Astroneers or something? No, Astroneer was the, the, um, like, what if No Man's Sky was cut down? One? Yes. Um. Anyway, it's in space, but it's got this ridiculous sense of humour that really doesn't gel with me. Yeah. Maybe if I was a 13-year-old boy, I would still be into it. Is it doing the lol so random no. 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 What? Okay. What? 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 Um, again? So you you start off um like you're you've you've got a chicken and you're on a little spaceship, and um you're doing some sort of ferrying something across the cosmos, hmm. reading your newspaper, and then the ship explodes. Okay. And you are basically seemingly the last surviving person. Mm-hmm. Apart from what I'm almost certain is either a rogue AI or uh, a um, an alien that just wants to to kill me somehow. Okay. Um. So I'm floating in space. There's a little tiny bit of a capsule. I can look around me. I can yeah. float around and be like, "Oh, there's some some metal I can grab. There's some ice I can turn into water. There's some nutritional goo that I can turn into yeah. food." And slowly, like, working out from your way with only a tiny, tiny air tank. Yeah. And But the mission, like, one of the first missions is uh, build some crap the developers decided was important. Okay, yeah. And yeah. You, you are sent out to find a bunch of materials, and you craft it back on your base, and then you build it, and you put it down somewhere in your capsule, and it's... Uh, crudely rendered metal dick and balls. Yeah. Okay. There's uh, a video you find, like a training video you find early on that is basically like, be careful where you're pissing in space. Huh. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I've got a good feel for what this is. Okay. Uh, like, one of the first things it asks you is, like, this robot is about to, like, start smoking. Because the whole thing is done in... um. In uh, flashback. Yeah. So every time you die, you get this... Um, you get, like, sent back to your um, thing where you, you you are right at the beginning. You're being in- interrogated by some robots, question mark? Possibly yeah. made out of coffins. Okay. And uh, they are beating the crap out of you and demanding to know the truth about how you got here. Okay, it's doing the Persona 5 framing device, the... Th- that yeah. If you die, it's like no, you're lying. That's not what happened. Y- yeah, bas- basically yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's that. Like, and for the first chapter, I really wasn't enjoying myself that much. Yeah. Because it's just miserable. Like, okay, I've got to get out. I've got to find materials. But I've only got seventy five points of oxygen. Gotta, you know, gotta gotta find the thing. Hmm. Please, please find the thing. Okay. Uh, I've, I've, oh, I found uh, a condom, and I filled yeah. it with air, and I'm expanding my oxygen supply. Also, everything you make is just crap bits of metal that have been taped together with tape. Yeah. Which, uh, I like the sort of jury rig nature of yeah. it. That's fine, because that's somehow spa- how space travel is. Yes. But it's like, 
oh, uh, we've we've hilariously named this this metal thing. Um, like a, a, it's it's a scrapper. It's it's some some bits of metal that you've taped together with some nails in it, and you hit things with it. It's got very low durability. Mm. Um, and they'll like needlessly rename things. Just yeah, in, and then they'll comment on the fact that they've needless needlessly renamed a thing. Yeah, like ha ha ha! It's the master key. They used to call them crowbars back on Earth. It's it's it sounds like it's trying way too hard to be self-aware in a not very good way, whilst also being kind of immature. Yeah, shock humory. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm liking when I can get away from the plot. Yes. I'm quite enjoying some of the Ooh, I found like a little like space bike thing. Yeah. I can make fuel for it and I can move around a lot quicker. Mm. Which has got rid of a lot of the grind of okay, I need to have a load of oxygen candles, because if I don't have enough oxygen I'm gonna suffocate, but I really need to get to this other thing. But there's all this liquid coolant floating through space, so I'm very definitely gonna have to like move between the lights. And mm. I'm going to have to stand under the lights to stop my mask completely freezing up. Because if I can't see, I can't tell where the next light is and I can't tell where I can get my next like set of oxygen from. Yeah. And then like build a thing to make an oxygen balloon that you can just like have as a little stop-off point to get more oxygen. I've finally reached a point where it's like, there is some base building now. Yeah. And I'm hoping that getting some base building none will sort of like move me on to the next bit mm. but yeah not terribly interested in the plot but kind of enjoying the loop of cool you are really struggling mm. and as soon as I found like a thing to make me move a bit faster in fact every time I found something that made this game go quicker <laughs> I have enjoyed it more mm. initial floating not very good finding a kebab and developing a fart powered um <laughs> Accelerator, yeah, made things a bit more bearable. Finding an actual like space motorbike thing, yeah. brilliant, yeah, love that. Very happy about the the way I can move around, and I will probably keep playing for a bit more. But it's another one of those ones I feel like I'm hate playing. I like yeah. some little bits of this. I just wish huge chunks of it were not there. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I played a couple of other things. Uh, I'll go. Th I'll rattle through quickly. Uh, yeah. I started playing some Forza Horizon Five. Yeah. Um, Accessibility-wise, very good accessibility setting support in terms of things like um, good uh, options for um, difficulty changing, including one that will sort of start you at the front of the pack in races. If you fall behind, it will slow the other cars down until you catch back up with the and pack. And spread them out. Spread them out so you've got an easier sort of path through them when you need it. Um. Stuff like that. The game has a lot of things like colour blindness filters for the UI and the game. That being said, you can't this is just a this is, Yeah, this is an eternal problem with this game. All of its settings you can't actually preview from within the menu, so you have to like tweak a slider, go back to the game, no, nah, not quite right, tweak the slider again, that mm. kind of thing. Um It's got most of the settings I would hope to see there. Cool thing that it is doing, but at the time of saying this is not in there, is that it's going to have American and British Sign Language interpreters during cutscenes. Uh, it'd be great if it wasn't just during cutscenes and if it was there at launch and if it supported more than two countries, but also it's still better than any other triple game I can point to in that regard, so, yeah. you know, it is what it is. More of that. But, uh, but yeah, probably. More, more of that, but I'm still going to criticise how they're doing it. Oh, yes. Um, the game itself... 
beautiful, gorgeous um, racing game that has a lot of settings to make it easier to play. Um, one of the settings in there is you can turn down the game sl- speed as an incremental slider to slow down to it down. To yeah, down to 40%, which is real slow. Um, I know this because I edited this week. Yeah. 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 Um, to sort of give yourself more reaction speed, uh, there is a sort of driving line that will tell you, like, here's the optimal line to drive on in your car and sort of where you should be applying the brakes and how hard and things like that, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, the game is... It's a gorgeous racing game with a nice soundtrack. Uh, if you just like the idea of driving around and d- doing races without too much uh, plot. That being said, um, the game is set in Mexico, and the game has a weird uh, attitude of um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a little bit colonialist. Oh dear. Um. In that, like, I'll describe a bit of plot to you here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've come from America into Mexico to have this big racing tournament, and we have, like, the big, the, the grounds for it set up in this one spot. This big, like, this is where the headquarters is. Right. And then at some point, you decide, we'd like to expand and have more headquarters for our racing oh. area across uh, Mexico. Pick an area that you think would be cool to have one next, and in this example, it's sort of it's just generically by the beach somewhere and you go on this mission and you get there and you get to the location and it's very clearly like remote rural area um away from anywhere touristy and in the blink of an eye the game like essentially fucking star wipes to like ah and here's what we've done with the place and like Gone are all of the rural, like, remote homes. You got rid of all the people who lived it, here. It fucking looks Take like they flattened the this people. tiny, like, re- remote village to drop down, like, a fucking, like, high-technology high, high racing tournament mostly attended by Americans who've flown in. It's Ooh. there's a bit where you find a fucking, like, ancient temple, like, Incan temple or something. Oh, no. Um... That, like, very... It's not that far from, like, civilization. It's very clear people in Mexico would know where this historic find is. And it's described as, Ah, you've discovered! It's like, no, this is like a fucking huge settlement. There is no way this would not be known. Don't tell... Don't tell the person who's come here from America for a driving tournament. You discovered their ancient history. Like, it's... Oh, and they want you to fucking set up a fucking... Oh, they want you to set racing stuff up in there, and I'm like, no, this is a historical fucking site, don't fuck with it. It's a very fun game, but, like, I can't turn off my brain, the bit of my brain that is like, oh, oh, oh god, you just flattened a fucking village to put down stands for for American racing fans to cheer and wave glow sticks. Maximum yikes. Yeah. Um... Didn't have that issue with the one set in the UK, but apparently the one set in Mexico's got this problem. Oh dear. Fun racing game? Fun, yeah. It's just a fun... Uh, uh, have you played anything else? Uh, no, not really. Uh, the only other thing I've been playing is I've been playing the new uh, Animal Crossing DLC. Um, I finally have something to do with the final corner of my island. It's going to be a little vegetable garden. I've started to grow my little veggies and I've got a little kitchen set up so I can cook things with the vegetables and I can finally have more um, bridges and 
and stairs in my island, which means that I've been able to connect the last few bits up the way I always wanted to, and I... Uh, I've been playing around a little bit with the Happy Home Designer stuff, which has been fun, and yeah. Uh, there's new reasons for me to play Animal Crossing, and I've missed Animal Crossing. Yay. That being said, I'd hoped I would be able to start streaming it, because one of the things they introduced in the update was ordinances, which historically have been for like altering the way your island works. One of the ones is um, the Late Night Ordinance, which used to be, uh, rather than your shops closing at 9 or 10, they will stay open later, and as a default, like to start in the old games, they'd be open till midnight now, mm -hmm. and you could sort of upgrade it to eventually have them staying open till like 4am. There doesn't appear to be a way to upgrade them here, and it takes them from closing at 9 and 10 to 10 and 11. Oh, it's Jesus. literally a one hour fucking difference, which <sighs> is a real shame, because 10 till midnight is when I like to stream, and it would have been nice to be able to actually use the shops while playing the game in streaming hours. Yeah. Uh, so that's everything I've played this week. Mm, well, then. <gasps> time for this. Uh, Minister, Minister, uh, how would you respond to uh, people who have described your, your uh, party's leadership of the country as uh, needlessly callous? Oh, that's just the stuff they know about. <laughs> And uh, um, um, so, what, 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 what would you would you say would be more appropriate then? Oh, um, despicable is probably a good word for it. I right. suspect. Uh, do you, uh, do Don't you have... downplay me needlessly callous. Right, uh, and just just despicable is it? Um... I mean, you could probably throw a monstrous on the pile. Mon monstrous, monstrous yes. uh, leadership. Oh, if you even knew what I'd done. Uh, and will we be finding out anything about what you've done? Oh, ideally not, but oh, it's juicy. Right, so you're 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 hiding all the good stuff. Well, well, well I certainly wouldn't say that, but I mean, there's juicy stuff out there. <laughs> this is Manfred Manison reporting live from British Discretion Time, where they would prefer to be described as monstrous if it's all the same to you. Right, hello, everyone, everyone. Welcome to the latest meeting of the trans shadowy organisation that secretly rules everything. We do secretly rule everything, and right. I love it. Indeed, I know. So, I just wanted to get a little um, update on what wonderful perks we have secured for the trans community that no one else gets to have, but only the trans people get. Uh, who's Who's got one? Uh, I've, uh, I've got one. Um, uh, trans people no longer have to queue up in the lines at the theme parks. They can, they get they get a special pass and we we can just we can just get on the rides without waiting. Right. Yes. Yes. Anyone anyone else got one? Um. We've declared that uh, the the trans people don't have to go to work anymore. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. That's going to give us so much more time for shadowy evil business. Of course. Mm, mm, um. Mm, mm. I've 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 got one. Um. Uh, now, uh, trans people can go to the cinema for free, and uh, the screenings won't have anyone else in them, so they get to just have the screenings just to themselves. And it's like real prime time ones during like when the films have just come out. Uh, we've also organised uh, swimming pools. We're having the whole swimming pool <gasps> most of the week. We'll 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 re we'll release it like one day a week, maybe about three in the morning, and 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 that the. Uh, the, the cis people can go then, but the rest of the time, swimming pools are ours. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I, I think that I think that this is great, and uh, by next meeting, I will make sure to get it sorted 
so that uh, we finally get that missing season of Firefly that no one else is going to get to see. Um, and cake. Oh, and cake. Yes, there will be. Of, co- of course, there will be cake. Yes. Right. Eating a and we're eating just waiting into the sun. Oh, yes, that too. Yes. Without Firefly. You don't get any of that. No, no just for us. Just for us. Yeah, yeah, So. <gasps> what have you put in your eye meats? Oh. Put a lot in my eye meats this week. It's been a very uh, busy week that hasn't really given me time to look at a lot of stuff. Um, let me have a look. I've maybe been watching fucking My Chemical Romance tour videos. Yeah. Um, I, I I watched uh, The Black Parade is Dead, which uh-huh. was their um, final start to finish performance of The Black Parade, which was done in Mexico. Um, real good, real dramatic performance. Lots of very good high energy um, stage work. Yeah. Uh, I watched their live performance from uh, Life on the Murder Scene, which, mm-hmm. um, again, very good, very different vibe, rather than being like a recorded stadio- a stadium show. It's, um, I believe it's the first venue in New Jersey that they ever got a live show in, mm-hmm. and they did a very tiny show in there on like a little cramped stage. Um, real, real good, and it still has one of my favourite tracks that never properly got a studio recording. Is only is only available in that fucking live show, and it's great. Oh. Um, it is affectionately referred to as "Stay" or "Untitled," but it's it's real good. Yeah. Um, and then I got around to rewatching because um, I just wanted visual stuff on Wall Out. I was like, I need something I don't need to focus on. I watched Michael Mocker Romance Return full concert at the Shrine California 2019 multicam mm-hmm. by Leo Kershaw, which is. Their 2019 reunion show from multiple camera angles. Really yeah. nicely done. It's a very good way to watch that show. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? What did you watch this week? What did I watch this week? I watched a few things. <gasps> Tell me about them. Uh, well, I watched a two hour and 42 minute documentary about the history of speedrunning The Hobbit video game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just talks about like how it went from... A kind of janky game that people had some sort of fond childhood memories of, but wasn't sort of great. Hmm. That went from speed runs of like an hour and a half down to like sub twelve minutes, <laughs> and and just like the the history of like yeah, who discovered this and who discovered this and how we worked this out and how we got the next thing and like the things we discovered and then like people like full on like ripping the game apart yes, and being like, I found a secret exit somewhere <sighs> and you can probably get to it if you can clip through this wall. <laughs> and then it's like, what's the most, what is better, clipping through that wall or finding an efficient way to the other exit? Right? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it, it was fascinating. A game I've never played. Um, yeah. I don't think I've played. Maybe I have. Maybe back. Maybe back on the PS2 or something. It was released on a lot of systems. Yeah. Um. But the the documentary is mostly about speedrunning on the GameCube and the PC. Ooh, that did remind me of a brief speedrunning thing I watched. Ooh. Um, I watched a speedrun of a new a new kind of Ocarina of Time speedrun. Oh, is this the one that's... Uh, yeah, the one in, in Smash Brawl. Yeah, in so in Smash Brawl you could unlock like demos, uh, time limited demos of certain. Nintendo games, but the full game was there. You could only just uh, could only play it for a certain amount of time. Um, it's five minutes, I believe, is how long the demo is, and someone managed to complete Ocarina of Time within that five minutes. Now, it's not saying that they did a full game speed run in under five minutes. 
The demo starts you off as adult Link with a bunch of equipment, and as a result, it's a very different start point from the people who are doing full game speedruns, mm -hmm. but the fact that they were able to see the end credits roll within a time-limited five-minute demo yeah. is real fascinating. Real impressive. Uh, yeah, what else did you watch? Uh, watched the uh, the two most recent uh, Oxventure videos, mm -hmm, uh, yeah. both from EGX this year, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Johnny literally just pulled the Chaos Handle and let them go for, like, an hour and a half at a time. <laughs> I have never seen a D&D campaign go quite so far off the rails. Um, so the first one was A Fate Worse Than Death, Mm. And the premise was, hey, uh, you've all swapped bodies. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. So you're all going to have to deal with each other's character sheets. Yeah. Uh, and all your moves and so forth. Which led to some, how come you've never used this move? <laughs> um, and and all that ridiculousness. And, um, and it, it felt like they had a very clear mission. We need to get the key, and we need to go to this house and break into the house, n probably navigate what is going to be a, a series of puzzles, and pull the lever to turn ourselves back to to ourselves. Yeah. And almost immediately, they summoned a demon duck, and spent nearly an hour fighting it because it was big, <laughs> like a, a massive demon duck. Uh huh. <laughs> like. Most of your combat time was spent fighting a thing you created and that was in no way part of the plan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean that's the sign of a a good DM. Yeah, like, just to roll with it. But especially when you've got a time limit, like we've got this stage for X amount of time. Yes, <laughs> I was very impressed, and oh. it's so silly. It sounds fun. Um. And there was another one afterwards. I can't remember anything about it because the demon duck has just driven everything out. I mean, of my the brain. demon duck is the most important thing to remember. But very uh, yeah, they were they were both amazing stories. What about you? Ah, uh, that's really it for me. I've really not watched much this week. Oh, Tome Sweet Tome was the other one I watched. Yeah. Um, I did watch another thing. Where is it in my thing? I watched a 15-minute documentary about how to eat, forage, and store and cook acorns. Ooh. Didn't know you could eat acorns, but Good there you thing go. to know for the... the for coming the, apocalypse. The end yeah. times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to, to have all these very important things. I uh, watched a 23-minute video about building a quality USB-C microphone. Oh, just like out of bits. <laughs> um, so basically, he's talking about the fact that um, very expensive microphones very often contain just very cheap parts. Yeah, like the parts themselves are not that expensive. So this guy's like, "Oh, I've got this idea for a design." Yeah, and and, and here it is. Oh, yeah, I see. It's yeah. made mostly out of brass. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't seem to take up a huge amount of space. Uh, this is on the DIY Perks channel on YouTube. Yeah. And it's just this... It's quite satisfying to watch someone who's that good at what they do very cleanly, like bending the brass and just soldering it with um, a soldering iron or just a uh, like a kitchen yeah. blowtorch for creme brulees um, and just using like solder to get the, keep the brass together. Uh, it looks absolutely beautiful. The sound quality is amazing and at least comparable to the same type yeah. of microphone. And 
Like, I'm no sound engineer and I've got bad ears, but he compares it to a $3,000 mic at the end. I'm yeah. like, I, I, I think they're both good in their own right, and I, I wouldn't complain about having either of them. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's literally just like, here is the inside of a, uh, I think it's like a $400 mic. Yeah. And like, it's like, you can get this for like 12 bucks. And here is how I'm going to build a case for it, and here is how I'm going to set it up. It's got like a, it's um like got a built-in um spider to like keep it yeah, uh keep it from getting any vibrations. Mm. It's got a built-in preamp, so you don't need to buy uh, an extra amp for it. It's uh, USB-C. Yeah. It's got volume uh, volume gain control yeah. on it. Uh, just like this doesn't seem like a huge thing, and it cost you what forty bucks in materials. That was stunning. Yay. Um, I watched a... Um, so I've discovered this channel recently called Karen Puzzles. Right. Uh, she uh, basically goes around and does jigsaw puzzles. Okay. Mostly jigsaw puzzles. Like, what are you, like the ones that they go like, these are almost impossible. Yeah. Like, have you seen the Hugh puzzle? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she does that. Um, and then she's been basically recently been discovering a lot of these um, from the... Like mostly from the eighties, like uh, late seventies, early nineties, uh, early eighties, um, puzzles that had like a, a treasure hunt aspect, <gasps> solve the mystery, win a million dollars or ten thousand mm. dollars, and it's like okay, well you've built the puzzle. The puzzle wasn't the hard bit. It's a cryptograph, and you've got to yeah. work out what that means and solve the puzzles related to that. Uh, but the one I watched uh, was specifically about this. Uh, puzzle that nobody ever solved, not at the time, and still can't be solved now. Yeah. And then talking about like there was a like a court case around it, and a lot of the intrigue around that, tracking down the people who are still alive to see if they can find any information about it, like what it all meant. And even when they were like, we think we know the answer, because we spoke to like the child of of the original creator. Yeah. And we we're pretty sure that is the answer, but we don't know how to get there based on this obscure as fuck puzzle that's been created. Oh, so even with the answer there, trying to work out how to get to it. Yeah. So, like, there's... She talks about the stuff she worked out, like, with the help of her mum and her sister, and, like, what they managed to discover from that, and then, like, all of this investigation and the court documents they managed to get hold of, um, and finding information out from there, and, like, all the story around it. That sounds real fascinating. It's it's a fu- it's like an hour and ten minutes long. Uh, like she's done other videos and they're not usually this long, but it's like an hour and ten minutes of just this deep dive on this one puzzle, uh, the little known uh, million dollar puzzle that's never been solved called the Money Hunt is the puzzle. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty fascinating. I'm probably gonna try and track this video down. Oh, that sounds well, really interesting. Uh, what about you? What else have you watched? I've really nothing else. That I'd... it's been a watch light week. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. Time for this. Laura, Laura, have got any sponsor? Who's our new sponsor? Well, are you struggling to get your cishet relatives to take you seriously in your own lived experience as an LGBTQIA plus person? I mean, constantly. I tell them the things I experience and they just don't want to hear it from me. They're like, oh, you must be exaggerating. You must be playing it up, you know. I mean, how could you possibly know your own lived experience? Exactly. How could you know the lived experience of the group you are a part of? How could you? Especially you, a, a 
an LGBTQIA plus person. Exactly. How would you know? You'll you 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 know you'll you'll have you'll 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 be saying that you can advocate for yourself as a neurodiverse person. Oh God. Next. Yeah, I know, right? Oh. Well, 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 well. This week's sponsor is Phone Assist Oh, tell me more. Well, if you need to talk to your parents and just, you know, come out about some stuff and... Yeah. Get them to listen to my lived experience. Yeah, they will send a, a cishet person along to any family gathering or, or, or yeah. coming out event. And they will they, they'll wear like a doctor's coat. Ooh, and they'll, 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 very authoritative. Well, exactly. You know, maybe even have a stethoscope. <gasps> oh, Oh, a stethoscope does mean authority. And and a legal degree. <gasps> oh, that's that's quite authoritative. Right? They'll be so authoritative. And then then everyone in the family will have to listen. Ah, because my points will be parroted by a cishet. A cishet person who is almost certainly also allosexual. Yeah. Analistic. Ah, oh, oh, so I see, yeah. Not even, neuro, not even neurodiverse. Yeah, yeah. You, the, uh, well, I... I can't think of more of an authority figure that my friends and loved ones would probably listen to about my lived experiences more than me. Right. Exactly. Right. That, I mean, that is the perfect thing. So head on over to phonesishet.lol.net.het <laughs> and enter the code QMPS189 <gasps> and you can get 10% off your first sishet. Oh. It doesn't wonderful. say when you have to return them. Uh, as soon as possible, yeah. I hope. Oh, from what I can see, that that promo code will make sure that they send you an able-bodied white man as well, which is really going to help on that. Oh, uh, getting listened to from. I, I mean, certainly with my family, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Phone is that. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I got a problem. I'm trying to fix. Right. Right. So you know we we put up that uh, that uh, gamer passport service yeah, where uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. people could subscribe and get all our get games, all our games. The then they're locked in. Yeah, exactly. They're leave. locked into the service. But like, here's the problem: we said we would give everyone the game, you know, access to the games on day one, right? You know, on the service. Yeah, locked in. But offering things to people earlier for more money is more money. I like money, and I'm trying to work out if we can somehow. Uh, Give things to people before, you know, you know, earlier for more money without technically breaking what we said and giving the game to the free people for day one. Well, I mean, we've been doing uh, like the uh, pay to join our beta system, something like that. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, like that's that's obviously one way we we can get in and we can be like, ah, yeah, you're you're uh, you're you're getting the unfinished game, but like, yeah, I wanna... do us some QA. Well, exactly, exactly. Uh, but, like, I, I want to do, like, the full game. You can have it. Because, like, I want to make real FOMO. I want to be like, yeah. oh, the game is done. You could have it today if yeah. you paid us more money and it's finished. You're not bug testing. Yeah. But you're going to have to give us money or you're going to have to wait and get it late. Right. So, like, I've got a plan. I so, wanna... like, our, like, like the early access to beta, but yeah, yeah. without the beta. Yeah, with, that, with it just being finished. And here's, here's what I'm thinking. Right. We give it to the, the, the Gamer Passport people on uh, day one. Right. But if you pay us, like, I don't know, 100 bucks, you can have it on day minus four. You are a fucking genius. <laughs> I know. 
<gasps> what have you put in your ears? I went and saw some live music for the first time live in ages. Live music? Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, so I went. I went to uh, see a show that Area Eleven headlined in London. Oh, hello. Um, with a couple of couple of opening acts, and I'll talk about those a little bit. Um, there was an opening act called Misery Kids that did a really good job of um, working the crowd. Like they clearly have some good skill at um, crowd hyping and being a support act. Mm-hmm. Um, their music is very clearly like upbeat pop. Uh, like em- uh, like emo pop energy, but with sort of like l- boy band love song lyrics to it. Uh-huh. It's a sort of like deliberately upbeat rock music over like usually love song kind of kind of sad lyrics that like they deliberately contrast and clash a little, but in ways that they sort of clearly know is happening and have some fun with. Yeah. Um, I saw a band called Wars, who were one of the other support bands. Um. A lot less skill at being a support act. Like, them, uh-huh. they were a very heavy, very screamy, very, like, aggressive, loud band. Mm. And if you don't... It's hard to emotionally connect with music if you cannot understand a word the, the singer is saying and you don't already know the band to know what they're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, I had a good time just having a good headbang and having a bit of a bop to it um, and not trying to think about that too much. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think I said this to you at the time... Wars has a real problem with um their how they tried to message something during their show. Yes. Um they had a song that like it's a it's a band full of like bearded bearded gruff aggy white white men on stage. Mm-hmm. And before one of their songs they vaguely said something like we try not to get too political in our music but and then kicked into a song. And there's a bit of me that was like, oh god, are they... I don't know, but my radar goes... It's very possible you're a band of, like... You might be Brexity or, t- mm-hmm. or Fashy or something. And halfway through it, the singer very clearly screams, fuck the Tories. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, tra- the track was something like... Uh, what was it called? It was called... Um, um, small monster, uh, something to do with monsters. And I looked up the lyrics later and was like, "Oh yeah, this is very clearly like an anti-fascist track." They really needed to lead with "fuck the Tories" and that sentiment because they, you can't mumble something something politics and then go into very angry, loud, angry man music that you can't hear the words in. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got that cleared up, I enjoyed them quite quite somewhat. Uh, and then Area 11, who played a bunch of stuff off of their, like, decade-old um, first album, because it's been about a decade, and, like, this wasn't meant to be a 10-year anniversary show, but then it got delayed by, like, two years because of the pandemic, so suddenly they were like, oh, I guess it's a anniversary show, we'll play a bunch of old music, and I was like, thank you, that's the stuff I know. Because, mm-hmm. like, ten years ago I used to see you at anime cons. Yeah. Um... Yeah, what about you? What did you listen to? We went to a gay wedding. We did. It was very gay. We listened to ABBA and the Venga Boys and apparently there was some side chance just before we got there. Yeah, yeah. We listened to that. There was a lot of like wedding disco music. Lots of like 90s upbeat. I think there's some Pussycat Dolls in there. Yeah. Um, Some ABBA. I know they played Dancing Queen at some point. A lot of like classic disco stuff. 
Mm. Uh, yeah, it was it was very fun and very queer, and both of the brides looked absolutely adorable. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to them. Congratulations to them, indeed. Indeed. Uh, what about you? Uh, the only other thing I listened to is I listened to a track called Hungover in the City of Dust mm-hmm. by a band called Autoheart. This is a song that if I'd heard it out of context, I don't think I ever would have listened to it, because the context is there's a really good hook at the end of it that gets real good, mm. and that has been doing the rounds on TikTok. Right. And it's a five-minute-long song. Uh-huh. And the opening, let's say, three and a half minutes mm-hmm. are very floaty, very sort of almost aimless, and... Having read the lyrics, I understand what it's going for and why it needs to be as aimless as it is to build to what it's building to. Mm. But that I is I want to hear the bit I like. I mean, not only that, it's like that is a lot... It's doing it to make a point, but it doesn't get to that point for the first three and a half minutes. And it is a hard sell without context yes. to go, I'm going to listen to three and a half minutes of a thing that's deliberately being aimless and not really going anywhere. It's a B-side. I mean, it's it's not even... It's a little bit... It's a little bit prog rock and it's trying to make a bit of a... It's, tr- it's trying to... My problem with this song's structure is the same problem I have with the tutorial to the video game Far Cry Blood Dragon, okay. which is a video game that has a bad, formulaic, overly lengthy tutorial and then tries to go, oh, but we did that deliberately, aren't we clever? And I'm like... No, because you did the thing still. That's the thing. I'm like, yeah, I see exactly what you're doing here. You did still make three and a half minutes of song that I really don't care about. The entry fee to this absolute fucking banger of a last minute and a half Mm. that is like... I for the remix. Yeah, there's a bit of me that's like, I would listen to this more if I I'm, I might just put it in Audacity and like chop it about a bit <laughs> and try and make a version of this that I am more willing to listen to because mm, that last minute and a half is some of the best music I've ever <laughs> fucking heard. And I'm like, why did you... It Going back to Area 11, there was a track on their first album that was a 11 minute... An 11 minute track. And best bit of the entire album was about three minutes wedged in the middle of that 11 minutes (laughs) and like again in that example yeah i get what you were doing you wanted an 11 minute prog rock track because you called area 11 and you wanted an 11 minute it was the 11th track it was 11 minutes long i get it doesn't mean i want to listen to the whole 11 minutes for that fucking good three minutes Mm. and that's kind of how I feel about this track. You've got a minute and a half of pure fucking gold in here yeah. that I have to listen to more than twice the amount of not not grabbing me yeah. to get to that fucking banger. Um, yeah, and like as I've, the, the fucking minute and a half of it that's good is amazing. I've got it stuck in my head. I've had it stuck in my head all fucking day. I just don't want to listen to three and a half minutes to get there. Come on, y'all. <sighs> What about you? Have you listened to anything else? Um, we listened to a bunch of stuff together while we were playing Gloomhaven, so I was like, I need some generic fantasy music. <laughs> yeah. I found a Gloomhaven playlist, uh, which was alright. Uh, then it auto-played into the Divinity Original Sin 2 soundtrack. Mm. Uh, then Divine Divinity soundtrack, Divinity Origins, I think, was the other one it played. Yes. And then uh, I just moved over to the Skyrim uh, soundtrack. Uh, several hours into 
chapter four, we mm. uh, we finally got the, uh, the the bit I know. Yeah. The 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 Dovahkiin <laughs> thing. I know that one from yeah. from the memes. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh. That was that was real good. And also, I've been listening to a like a, an eleven hour, uh, reading of The Hobbit, uh, because a bunch of absolute stars <laughs> have uploaded the uh audible version read by Andy Serkis to YouTube. <laughs> so you don't have to spend any money on Bezos <laughs> if you just look for a version of The Hobbit audiobook on YouTube, and it's about eleven hours long. Chances are it's that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? Anything else? Ah, that's it for me. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. Light, light. Okay, okay. Thinking caps on, everybody. Uh, Thinking yes, caps yes, yes, on. Yes, yes. Okay, now we've got to think about... Uh, we've got a lot of new products coming up. How can we needlessly gender them? Uh, I've been having a thought about uh, a product that everyone needs on a very regular basis white, we white, can gender. White. Bread. We, we, white. we put some dye in the dough and we have boy bread and we have girl bread. And... Well, 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 let's, let's not be hesitant. Oh, yes. We have tactical man bread. Oh, yes, yes, tactical na- man bread. And the, it's like a millimetre larger per slice, but you have one slice less in the loaf. Thick, and it's a like, thicker crust. As yeah, well. thicker, oh, thicker crust, yes. And, mm. You know, and we, we, we market really work the, that Yeah, we, the, the pink bread is like, oh, it's a dainty, dainty... Crustless. Yes, a dainty princess bread or something. Yes, yes, oh, delicate for the girls. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes what about yes. you? Have you got any ideas? Well, you know, I was thinking perhaps, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people buy houses. Well, yeah, yeah. People yes. buy houses or even rent houses. What if we gendered all of the houses? Oh, I see. So I we'll see. have like a tactical man house, and it'll have like a, you know, a, a secret, a secret door. You won't even know how to get in there. You won't even know where the door is. It'll be a secret. You'll have the only known to the man. Well, see, my question is, what what do we do then about cohabiting couples where there might be more than one gender? Will they buy a tactical man house? Will they buy a tactical man house or will they buy one of the houses that we've added eyelashes to all of the windows? (gasps) Oh, are you suggesting we could sell twice as many houses? That's what I'm suggesting. And they have to live in different houses. They could maybe live next to each other, but probably not touching each other because, uh, you know, men probably don't want to touch touch the ladies. No, probably not. Probably not, though. No, um... Oh, oh, I've got one. Um, why, why? Dresses. Dresses, Currently, yes. already needlessly gendered, but, like, right. if we swing the other way and we, like, actively lean into the, the, the manly man angle... The tactical that... man dress. Exactly. We can double, we can double the market it's for dresses. It's got pockets. Oh, yes, indeed. So it's many got pockets. pockets. It's got so many pockets. It's and basically belts. just a dress with pockets. It's just a... Oh, like, just pockets, pockets all the way down, and then, like, belts, and uh, somewhere to put, like, a bandolier, indeed. and just magazine pockets all over it. Uh, I'm I'm getting a call from 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 R and D. Right, right. Somehow, word has already gotten out about this. It has not worked how we thought. Women have just bought all the tactical man dresses because they had pockets. They're too powerful. Oh no! Women have pockets now. They've got pockets. Run, 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 run away! They've got pockets. Run, run away! <laughs> oh, putting. Uh... 
Putting a little wiggle on, putting a little wiggle on, getting oh. breakfast ready, oh, getting wiggle. breakfast ready, oh, yeah. gonna put some maple syrup <gasps> in my coffee. Oh, oh, what would the neighbours say? What would the neighbours say? That's an important question, isn't it? We go live now to Aaron Soupmasher, who's with the neighbours. Hello! Uh, I'm here with the neighbours. Uh, what would you say about this uh, maple syrup in the coffee? Uh, wait, what? Wait, what's happening? What's happening? Why have you come into my house? Hello? Yes, I'm here to ask what you thought about maple syrup in the coffee. What maple syrup in what coffee? I don't know what's happening. Uh, Your neighbours have engaged in, oh, just deviant practices. Why would you care what I have to say? Well, you know how people say what the neighbours say? Uh, Yes? I'm here to ask you, the neighbours, what you say. I Your comment, please. I really please stop dodging the question. I really don't mind if um if my neighbours have maple syrup in their coffee, but I do mind if you come here asking me what I think about it. That's intrusive. Maple syrup in the coffee, absolutely fine. This has been Aaron Soupmasher live with the neighbours. Back to the studio. Questions. I must have questions. <gasps> What's the questions? Uh, Future Fiji asks, what are some good beginner board games? For someone who has only ever played basic stuff like Monopoly, uh, can I get a boo and or hiss for the parent company of the place I work? Because I'm like 110% sure they're committing tax evasion. Boo! boo. And or hiss. Boo and fact, or boo, hiss. Boo and also hiss. Boo and also hiss. For possible tax evasion. <laughs> uh, okay, good, like, beginnery board games that go a step above, like, the basic stuff. I feel like Pandemic is a Pandemic, good Pandemic, Flashpoint step up. Fire Rescue... Uh, yep, uh, that's, a, that's a good one for like, co- that's a good co-op one. Again, Pandemic's a good co-op yes. one. I think co-op's a good place to start. I think start. co-op's a great for that. Um, um, uh, 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 Star Realms? Star Realms is good. That is a uh, very simple deck builder, um, two player. You can you can get more than that. But if it's, you want something a bit, yeah, there yeah. is Star Realms Frontiers, which is four player. Yes. If you want something in the same sort of vein that's a bit more complicated, yeah. then... Um, uh, the original Dominion second edition mm. would be perfect. Uh, I think a place that you could go from from say Star Realms and Dominion would be to something like Clank, which is a yep. deck builder that has a traditional board game element on it. And the only real difference is, as well as having buying power and attacking power, you now have movement power that moves you around the board. Uh, Tiny Epic Zombies, which is uh, features a whole load of different things, has got a really fascinating. Um, like small box with like a bunch in it the fact that you've got like three different missions to complete yeah. every time and of out of a total of nine there's different ways to play it so you can play entirely cooperative you can play competitive you can play um competitive of all versus one yeah. so everyone else is playing a competitive game versus one person who is like controlling yeah. the zombies uh I'm trying to think of some good games that introduce some other, like, mechanics that more complicated games have, but in simple ways. And it's another Tiny Epic one. Tiny Epic Max yes. is a good introduction. Games, yep. Yeah, if you if you want to learn about programming games, where you mm-hmm. set up several moves and then watch them all play out and you can't change it once you've set them up, mm-hmm. Tiny Epic Max is a very, like, good, simple introduction to that idea. Yep. Flam Rouge. Uh, yep, Flam Rouge. I think that uh, Lords of Waterdeep does um, worker placement really well. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, trying to think without actually being able to see the the, the board game shelf. Yeah, the the temptation to just go outside the office door and look at the board game shelf. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think those are probably like some really good Carcassonne. 
Oh, Carcassonne, um, yeah. Oh, Ticket to Ride. Mm, yeah, like, Ticket to They're ride. not my favourite games, but, like, if you want to move into, like, more, um, uh, like, bespoke, like... I keep saying bespoke, and it's never the word I mean. Um, like, if if you want to move into more sort of um, hobbyist board games, yeah. boutique. Uh, no. Um, but like more of that sort of like more modern yes. board games of like here is something that's a bit different. Yes. Oh, another one that's not too complicated that is very mechanically different to the ones we've talked about. Uh, Quacks of Quendlinburg. Oh, Quacks is great. Um, is a game that is largely about um risk assessment. You have you're trying to make a potion. You've got all these uh, components in a bag, but if you pull out a certain number of bad ones, your potion explodes. And there's like other things that will help you score points and move further around this track. Mm-hmm. But you're always making the risk assessment of. How much stuff have I got left in my bag? How many things left in there are there left in there that could kill me? Do I risk pulling another one out to try and get that a little bit further? Yeah, accepting that there is a degree of randomness involved, but yeah, yeah what the fuck? But it's, there's a little bit of randomness, but you are in control of do I take another pull on the known random odds? Mm-hmm. And if you screw up, you will, like, in my experience, I've always felt like, that's my fault, I shouldn't have drawn again. Like, I knew I shouldn't have drawn again, yep. and I did, and it went wrong, and that's on me. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I think that's a good That's a good starting selection. Yeah, I think those uh, are, are pretty good. They, yeah. they will get you going for at least a little while. Those yeah. are definitely ones I would recommend. Um, oh, Sushi Go Party. I was going to say that, yeah. Especially in, like, larger numbers. Like, the original Sushi Go, if you can find it, is great. But Sushi Go Party is that plus like a bunch of extra stuff yeah. and loads of replayability. It's, it's a very simple party game with a lot of replayability about having a hand of cards, taking one, passing them on, and trying to create sets of things to score points in ways that don't give good things to other people. Um, it's a real neat one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tricky asks, is there an accessibility... Uh, sorry, is accessibility an issue in board games? Yes. Yes. Uh, like, we are people who struggle with dexterity games, so we wouldn't play something necessarily like uh, Flick 'em Up. Yeah. Or um, Throw Throw Burrito. That's probably not going to happen for us. Um, because either we're going to... Yeah. Somebody's going to get hurt or something's going to get broken. Uh, most board games... Um to learn officially require a lot of uh, reading comprehension and big walls yep. of text to focus on. And Unless there exists a training video, yep. you're probably going to have to deal with like a, a good chunk of reading. Yeah, uh, Price accessibility, because a lot of board games go out of print and become prohibitively expensive to buy some of the classics. Yeah. And that, like a lot of the more popular games, especially the ones that have come out of Kickstarter, things like Zombicide, which yeah. has become super popular, but it's like 80 quid to get the starter box of that. Yeah. It's lovely, but there is a lot of plastic in it, and um, I'm probably never going to get it for that reason. Yeah. It's um, just not practical. Space as well. Yeah, yeah. Um... And probably, I would imagine, there is a risk of um, colourblind issues. Yeah, uh, that is always a risk. I don't um, have colourblindness, but I you know, I could see how that would yeah. very easily be a problem with a board game. Um, fine motor control can be a problem for a lot of board games, in that a lot of board games have small or flat or fiddly components, yeah. which can be difficult to Just hold. not having any fingernails yeah. to get a card off yeah. the table. Being able to hold and manipulate components can be tricky. Yeah. Um, if you struggle with, say, um, with numbers, you might struggle with 
keeping track of whether you are winning or not, or like your your sort of place within game states. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I very often have to have trouble with um, games where there's like a, a like a large amount of like point salad at the end. Like I have to deal with all of this, and I have to try and count it. Yeah, like I will very often just like I I'll I'll get a paper yeah. and a pen and and, and, and a calculator. Yeah. But... Scythe is a real one for that, where if you don't have a head for numbers, you're going to have a real difficult time knowing whether you should or should not end the game on your turn. Yes. But I think with for something like Scythe, I would be very willing to say to people, like, if you want, you are most welcome to have a like a pen and a bit of paper. Like, yeah. if you want to take notes on your phone, that's cool. Yes. Um, If you think that will help you. as a, Yeah. Like, I, I would be very open to, like, doing that kind of thing for accessibility for people. Yeah. Like we they... often talk about uh, yeah. a thing with, like, spatial awareness mm. um, when there's, like, tile laying or, like, building a tableau. Oh, yes. Where you've been like, can I check, can I put this on my board and check that it actually um, fits? Yes. Meeple Land's a great one for that yes. where we have made our own accessibility-related rules where we're like, you can I, pick it up, yeah. you can put it on your board, you can turn it yeah. around before I, deciding yeah. to spend the money. I can't mentally rotate that in my mind and see how it would fit. Can I pick that piece up and try putting it in place and see if it works the way I think it does before I make a purchasing decision? Yes. And, like, yeah, that you can... I think a lot of it ends up being dealt with with house rules <laughs> and informal agreements around the table of this thing I struggle with, can I do this? And, like, not playing fucking Monopoly... Uh, not playing fucking Scrabble. Oh, yeah. Like, the number of times I've been in, in the house and someone's like, oh, you like board games? Should we play a game of Scrabble? And I just, like, I, I clench because I'm... I, I don't know, maybe it's a problem with me, myself, just being like, I don't want to have to tell you that I really struggle with like, no, no, that's, that kind of word you, sh- you shouldn't have to out yourself um, in as order- someone with yeah. quite, quite bad dyslexia. Yeah. Like that, you should be aware that certain games like Scrabble and Boggle, you should probably check whether the person struggles with um, word jumbling in their head before yes. you... Suggest that one, maybe. Not only suggest it, but be really enthusiastic yeah. about it. Be, like, be, the number of yeah. times that people are oh, we must play Scrabble. Scrabble's brilliant. And yes. I, and and if I can't get out of it for some reason because they're too forceful, yeah. A, I probably won't want to hang out with that group again. And B, I'll just have a miserable time yeah. going, well, I don't have... I've, I've dyslexic plus aphantasia, so, like, short, short of sitting there and constantly rearranging yeah. all my tiles on my thing, I... Don't know. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Be, be think about the games you're offering to people, and think about like, hey, what steps are involved in playing this? Could this be a barrier? Mm-hmm. And I think, oh yes, uh, Margul J Evans asks, uh, do you have any? Uh, do you have a favourite Life is Strange game? If so, which one? Ooh. I like the first one, because it's the only one I've played all the way through. <laughs> um, The first one is very good. I I have my one issue with, I think, episode two could have handled some stuff better, and I think mm-hmm. gamifying a certain element in that was not a yep. great choice. It's fascinating. Um, I enjoyed what I saw of True Colors, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Anyone? True Colors, very well made. Um, I have nothing in the way of actual complaints about it. Um, it didn't stick with me and resonate with me the same way, and I don't know exactly what that that was. Um, two, 
I think is real... It's real good, but real intense. It's the, like, I think it's the one I know the least about. It's the heaviest one emotionally. Mm. And I appreciate that True Colors, even at its darkest, never got that fucking dark. Mm. Um, like, there's some amazing fucking moments in Life is Strange 2, but you have to, like, really be ready for a bit of an emotional, like, ringer to yeah. be right with that one. I, I, Life is Strange 1 is maybe still my favourite, despite it being janky and flawed and awkward. I still kind of love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And that is all the questions. <gasps> Ooh. Well then, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Oh, Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How you doing? Oh, oh, mate, these uh, nights drawing in, got to start putting the old uh, daylight lamp on before uh, before it all starts to get to me a bit. Oh, I know, I know, it's uh, that period of the year that as soon as it arrives, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember what this is like. Oh yeah, here it is again. Whew. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm a bit tired myself today, yeah. I've... Uh, been been off trying to trying to talk to uh, talk to my local uh, elected officials. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, it's something that was pointed out to me uh, a little while ago. I think it's probably very true. Is that uh, the people that want rights to go away have a lot more time and a lot more energy and a lot more desire to go talk to their ele- elected officials and sort of sell their point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, look, I totally get why people who are historically disenfranchised by government, don't feel any particular hope that their elected officials will actually listen to them, and that can make it difficult to... Yeah, you I know, mean, as someone who's been yeah. blocked by my uh, local representative uh, for about the last five years, I, I can understand why people would think that, you know, yeah. perhaps they are barking up a, a, a tree that is not listening to them. Indeed, indeed, but... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to do so because uh, if if nothing else, it feels worth a it feels worth a try to try and yeah, do a, a, a you know have a punt, try and sit down with them because you'd be surprised how many dis- disappointingly how many members of parliament here in the UK do not know about a lot of the issues that are facing the people that live in their constituency. Well, you know, a lot of them are Tories, and therefore I don't imagine a lot of them really care. Yeah, but I mean, even within some of the parties where, like, you know, some of the politicians who you'd think would care more are often just oblivious to what's happening. Like, if it's not making mainstream... If it's not making mainstream news, it's not being picked up on, which is deeply concerning, but you've just got to sort of use that knowledge and go, okay, I'm going to do my best to get in front of them and tell them about stuff, you yeah. know? Not, not start a fight with them, but just go, here are the things you might not know, and... Please be aware. Yeah, exactly. Uh... There are some things that some hurdles that can get in the way of trying to do this. Uh, things to know in the UK, you've got to give like your full name, including title and address, when asking to meet with them. Otherwise, like they won't, you know, they won't set up a meeting because they don't know for certain you you live in the area. Yeah, uh, there's stuff like that. But like you, in theory, have a right to have a meeting with the uh, your your local politician and. If you've got things that matter to you, it's important that you make an effort to try and get those things heard because the other side are definitely going to be making their side heard. And yeah, it's important to try and, you know, get that stuff out if you can. Yeah, you know, you've got to be the squeaky wheel. And unfortunately, the, the uh, you know, as, as has been said, you know, a lot of these people who are um, 
you know, very much on on the side of, you know, trying to get rid of people's rights or stamp other people down. Yeah. A lot of them are, you know, they don't have any need to work. They don't have any need yeah. to, uh, you know, um, participate in society. They don't find themselves constantly, you know, fighting for their next yeah. meal and their rent and so forth. So they have time yeah. to, you know, get involved in being the worst of, of the worst. Yeah, and I think that, like, it's pretty obvious to see that People who already have positions of power probably already have connections to politicians and enough money that they can afford to take time off to go talk to those politicians. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They are going to fight to get their interests heard. It's more difficult and more emotional labour for everyone else, but you should be trying to, you know, do the same yourself if you can. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Fancy a hug. Oh, definitely, mate, definitely. <sighs> Yeah. Ah, good luck, mate. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Right, I think I'm going to go off and have a cup of tea. Oh, I'm going to go have a nap, I think. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, Laura? <gasps> yes? We've got a book. Yes, we do. It's called Who Hunts the Whale? It's about an exploitative, definitely fictional, AAA video game development studio. And we're and... 60% funded. Yeah, we're getting Thanks there. We're, 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 we're ticking up, we're ticking up, we're getting there. Uh, yeah, so if you would like to read a novel that myself and Jane have written together about the video game industry and about the... supremacy software specifically, indeed, about the definitely fictional world of abusive, exploitative video game AAA game development, that's a book. You can go pre-order it. Uh, check out Who Hunts the Whale on Unbound, unbound.com forward slash books forward slash whale. Go give it a pre-order. There's a bunch of backer awards. You can get your name in the back of the book, get a signed copy, all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But what else? What <gasps> else do you do? Me, Laura K. Buzz, pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Um, you can find other books I've done. Uncomfortable labels. Things I learned from Mario's butt. Gender Euphoria. They're all out now. Uh, you can also check out some lovely little Laura K. Buzz logo enamel pins with the little trans pride wings on them uh, on the gymporium.com you can also check out podcasts I'm on, there's uh, Pixel Square which is about video game character pornography Podquisition where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect uh, there's Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition real play podcast. Every season has its own story, so you can jump in wherever. Jane, what about you? What do you do? Me? Yeah. Oh, not a lot. No? Not a lot. No? I mean, I work 76 hours a week. How do I justify that? Patreon.com slash Radio for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify that. You can help me work towards solvency and such. Um, uh, I edit videos for for people. You can yeah. if you watch go and watch TB Sky and um, uh, Pokemon Nuzlocke over on the Two mm. B Sky and channel. Uh, I've been editing that. Go and show some love and talk <gasps> about how you would love to see more of that. Yeah, Liz. Um, <laughs> I got T-shirts over on my Redbubble. I make music sometimes under the name Bedroom Programmer. Uh, i got podcasts, you can find this show and Polyarmory and It's Still Spoopy Times, why not listen to the programme over on um, my SoundCloud, that's uh, Jane Eris Magnet on SoundCloud, 
probably just look for Stoned Monkey Radio. It's way easier. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much everything. Basically, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. Please help me reach my dream goal of 25 Patreons uh, is going down instead of up. But if you'd like to help me do the opposite of that, that would be great. Yeah. Laura! <gasps> Sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.